0: Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. My daughter and co-host Heidi Horsley's out of town today, so uh, but we've got a wonderful person that's going to be on, and he's going to talk a little bit about sibling loss and military loss, and he works for the uh, Tragedy Assistance Program. Uh, For survivors and that's Bonnie Carroll's program. We've talked a lot about that. He's got his tap shirt on. I see which is that program And Bonnie's a wonderful person who's developed this whole great program and Chris will talk a little bit about it But uh, I want to talk about today about military loss and the the ultimate sacrifice and Chris lost his brother Jeremy uh, was killed and we'll have him talk a little bit about that. Uh, tell us about your brother.
1: Growing up, he was he was a handful. Um, <laughs> you know, he was he was my brother, and I loved him. But he he definitely had his little his little peccadilloes. That as a sibling, that um, that he he knew how to get on my nerves. I knew how to get on his, and that was a lot of what we what we shared growing up is just kind of getting on each other's nerves. But yeah, he was he was very into hunting. Um, he was, he, he liked to go turkey hunting every year, deer hunting as as time allowed. He usually had to take off school for that. The day he turned 17, like the exact minimum day that you can start getting recruited, he was in the recruiter's office. And uh, he joined when he was 17, got a, an age waiver and was in basic training when he was 17. And so that particular, um, that particular uh, tour that, his unit took he was the first one killed um and I, there were you know a lot of a lot of men that were killed and you know contractors that were mm. associated with them and you know they a lot of people saw saw their lives in there but um he he was the first one in his group and that was sort of from what i understand a rallying cry for his uh for his his unit there for a while just to kind of make sure that you know they honored them the best they could Um, which is kind of what we all try to do.
0: Right. Well, let's talk about you. I I was reading some things about you. And as a sibling, one of the things you said that you didn't, you were numb when you heard about it and you didn't cry for a couple of weeks. and, uh, And here you are, how many years down the road? 12 years. Yep. You started a movie about him.
1: Yeah, started it, never finished it. Um, but, um, <laughs> the
0: reservist. But what I wanted yeah. to ask you, right? The reservist, the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: What I want, and you were in school in college, mm-hmm. and you uh, went back, I assume. And as a sibling, n- nobody knew your brother, right? But it was probably a pretty high-profile fr- loss.
1: Yeah the the school I got my. Um, my undergraduate degree from was one town over from my hometown. So what's your hometown? Uh, Jackson, Missouri.
0: Okay. And how big was it then?
1: Uh, it was about 10,000 people.
0: Okay. So people knew each other.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. Um, you couldn't drive up and down the the roads in town without seeing memorials put up all over the place. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. And as a sibling, what have you found out as time goes on? And, and how did, I know you, um, one of the things I was reading that you mentioned was that you felt a lot of anger and you wrote the script, yeah. and, but it became less angry. I was wondering about writing and your creativity.
1: Um, well, I, I've, as much as my brother grew up always wanting to be um, in the military, I grew up wanting to be a filmmaker. Um, mm-hmm. from the age of eight, I think I kind of decided that's not necessarily what I wanted to do for a living, but something I wanted to be a part of for the rest of my life. I was, uh, yeah, I was looking for an outlet after, after my brother died. Um, and you know, th- everybody's got their own way of doing things and my, my outlet has shifted over the years, but initially it was, I need to to tell this story and tell the story the best way I knew how, which was, you know, cinematically through film. So I sat down and at first it was, it was a kind of an opus on, on how the, how the government had failed me and, and how, how nobody understood and how my own, how my, you know, my dad didn't get it. He can always get a new son and my, My brother's girlfriend could always get a new boyfriend. His friends could make new friends, but I could never have another brother. And like, that's what, you know, it was, it was very, very much a a pointing a finger at everybody else. Kind of a story. You know, I
0: love though, that this process you're telling me about, because I think unfortunately sometimes siblings don't go through that process.
1: Right. Yeah. They don't
0: feel sorry for themselves. Let me put it that way. As deeply, as deeply. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, it's you know, anger is one of the, the steps of the grieving process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you have to let yourself feel every part of that. Um, you know, it's not a linear process, as we know. But um, So I, you went through the pointing finger and then but, what? And then it was a, uh, I guess you could call it bargaining, um, because I, I then showed the script. You know, it was short at that point, but I showed the script to a friend and he was like, "Whoa, this is um, this is a bit harsh." So it became a, a thing where we were kind of going back and forth. He, he was he would make a, some changes to it. He'd send it to me. I'd make some changes. We'd go That's back your and
0: friend Blake.
1: Forth. My friend Blake. Yeah, yeah. And um, he he was kind enough to kind of help me work through it. And in being a, a sounding board for the script, he was kind of also that sounding board in real life. Um, he kind of I me love know. it. I was getting. Too far, um, you know, you if know, I was to be too sad, too angry, he was yeah, there.
0: This, this reminds me a little bit of one of the things that Heidi always said, and she'd say if she was here sometimes parents don't feel like their kids are talking to them enough, but sometimes they're talking to their friends.
1: Yeah. And, the, and I see that in my day to day job now. Um, you know, I reach out to people every single day, you know, sometimes just to check in, but. Um, mm-hmm. I really, what, what I do through taps is make sure that people have the supports that they need, um, just to, to carry on, not necessarily to get over things because you never really get over things, mm-hmm. but, uh, to kind of help you go through the day to day.
0: Right. And, so uh, so let's get back to your, where you were. So you went from the anger and Blake was helping you. Where did the film start moving?
1: Oh, well, For we started, we actually started shooting the movie um, the summer after my brother had passed. So and it was then, a year. Yeah, it was just under a year. Um, okay. We made about a week into it. And then. And now you had happened.
0: the townspeople starring yeah. in it too, right? Yep. They were involved?
1: Yep. But yeah, uh, life happened and uh, we both got an opportunity to, uh, to move to, to Nashville. Um, I was only there for a short time time to go to a film school down there oh wow and um he continued his his education there i kind of had a moment where i I was like only a year away from graduating back where i started my schooling so i went back there and finished Mm -hmm. because i thought it was important to to finish something right um, that i had i had to you know press on that Uh you know if i couldn't get the movie done at least i could. See my degree to completion,
0: uh-huh. and
1: you know that's that became my goal, and that's what I did. 10 11 years past the death, ten years of trying to make this movie. It It was this all-encompassing thing that I kept trying to press for, and it, it wasn't getting done. It was causing me f- more frustration than it was worth. So, in this past year, I've stepped away from it. You know, uh-huh. I may I may go back to it at some point. I think it's an important story that needs to be told, at least for me. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's important for me to to slow down, reprioritize, uh-huh. and you know let myself come back to it with some fresh eyes.
0: I'm thinking that your movie is evolving.
1: It, it may. Um, it's I've, got to evolve. I've I've just recently had one of those like Eureka moments where I was like this is where I was going wrong with the, all, all these years. Like I was trying to make it a, a movie about me and what it's like for, for you to lose a, a sibling, what it was like for me to lose Jeremy. Um, and I was being ignorant to all these other stories that were going on at the same time. And that's kind of where my mind's at right now. Like maybe it'll be a, a story of, of how my other brother had to deal with it, how, how my father, uh-huh. Uh, made it through. You know, maybe some of Jeremy's friends and his battle buddies from from that. You know, now, tell moon. me,
0: did did Taps um, came come to your aid? Is that how you know about it?
1: Yes. Um, again, less than a year after my brother died, especially in a, a a small town like I was from. You know, people. You know, they put up the 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 ribbons around town right you know the the stores put up in loving memory of but then eventually all those ribbons came down the signs went down i got to a point where i started feeling like i was i was alone again i i was seeking something out some you know i'm thinking there has to be a group out there Mm -hmm. that understands and i came across a group of people um who you know Maintain some sort of contact with even to this day, but um, they were also involved in this organization called TAPS. So I looked into it, this was probably March of 2007, and I saw that there was a, a national seminar coming up in May. So I registered for it, I went to it, met a lot of the people I'd been talking to um, from the internet there, and met Bonnie Carroll and a lot of other people who I maintain relationships with to this day and it's it's just a wonderful organization to be a part of. You finally get the sense that like there are other people out there that, that understand. And it's a much more open culture now with the internet. You know, back in two thousand seven it was kind of in its infancy and now you can find whatever your whatever you know group you're a part of, you can find other people who think like you it's not a problem.
0: Right. So have your mom and dad got involved at all?
1: Uh my, my mother has actually, she passed um, a few years after Jeremy did, which is not an uncommon tale. I hear it all the time. Sorry you
0: know, to hear that.
1: One, yeah. one death follows another. Um, but my, my father has been on the outside. He hasn't, hasn't gone to any seminars, but he's, he's happy to get the, like the magazine and else mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, he just likes knowing that it's out there. And a lot of people, you know, that's, That's their thing. They like knowing that it's there in case they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's got me and he's got a support structure. And that's, that's the important thing he's got. I'm sure he's very proud of what you're doing. I hope so. I know that's, that's obviously not my, my goal for doing what I do, but uh, you know, I, I hope. uh, Tell us what your title is. Uh, I am a survivor care team advocate. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of look at it as if you, if ever you go into like the emergency room at a hospital, there's that the first person you hand, like handles you when you come in, and you know they take your your blood pressure and everything, your vitals, and they send you back to the doctor. I'm kind of that in a in a way of speaking. I, um, you know, people will come to TAPS because they they have a question about about benefits. Um, so eventually they'll need casework assistance, but. Before that, I'll I'll have a conversation with them about, you know, this is what we do. I know you're going to go to casework first, but we do all these other things um, and just get to know them. Okay. And
0: how can I, uh, if I'm watching this and I've had somebody die in the military and actually um, people uh, could have been in the military and died after. I mean, people are kind of come into the TAPS program, uh, military families, they don't have to have died in active duty, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, we, we get people going back as far as World War II, Korea, Vietnam, going all the free, way. And it's free,
0: by the way. The services are free, right? Correct. And they have wonderful camps and programs, and there are amazing things going on. And Bonnie and you guys do a fabulous family activities, and it's a wonderful, a wonderful organization. So tell people how to get in touch with you.
1: The, well the easiest way is just to go to taps.org t-a-p-s dot o-r-g um there's a lot of yeah, it's i would call it literature but there's a lot of information there as to the kinds of things that we do um, but we also have a uh, a helpline that's available to to people that they can call anytime day or night um yeah. and that's also listed on the website's 800 number Fantastic. Well, all right, Chris, thank you
0: so much for being on the show and thank you for everything you're doing and, and, um, keep working on your movie and your mind.
1: Yeah, I I will definitely send you tickets to the premiere. If, when it happens.
0: Absolutely. There's a little tickler on the internet that you can look at too.
1: All right. Appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Thanks again for being on the show. And, uh, Heidi and I want to remind everybody that are watching this show that to visit us at opentohope.com and Chris and Heidi, and I know everyone that works for Open to Hope and TAPS want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God